You've been listening to Tony there. So just a little bit more of, of your perspective from your hemisphere. Just how important is the role of the chairman in this whole organisation of world rugby? Well, they certainly have a massive influence. Uh, look, Brett Gosper was meant to have been given the elbow, we understand, uh, before now. You know, he's obviously going after the election, uh, and we expect South Africans to move into that sort of CEO role. And Bill Bowen made that decision not to push him early. And, uh, you know, so they do have a big say in what's going on. And, of course, it's massively political. So if you're a good politician... And while Bill may not be uh, uh, as good as Donald Trump, of course, in these kind of situations, he does have the nearest thing to Donald Trump alongside him in Bernard Laporte, the man who uh, quite quite understandably decided it was really worth him uh, putting forward a man guilty of manslaughter for the uh, world rugby executive. It's one of the great Trumpisms of rugby. Well, that story is just absolutely disgraceful. I don't want to go too much near it, but I mean, you know, and, and, and it just reflects to me everything about the Pacific Island rugby situation as well, where it is also political and also familial. It just seems that there is just inherent corruption everywhere. So who wins out of Pichot and Bill? Pichot, you know, has run a really, really good campaign. He's been all over uh, social media. He's been giving interviews uh, to, to probably every school paper as well as every major newspaper. He's been everywhere you've looked. There are comments from Pichot. The problem for him is, of course, he's up against the block of European votes, which means he starts off at 2014 down. And there have been some suggestions that Ireland and Wales may move into his camp. Well, I understand that's not going to happen. And without some sort of uh, fracture in the great European mass of votes, you are not going to win the election. He'll get close. It could be three or four votes in it. He will get close. But I expect Beaumont to hang in there. Then, of course, the pressure is on Bill to start delivering, start delivering a really global season to ensure that, you know, unions and everyone is struggling can have some kind of structure to make up for the money that is lost and you know one of the one of the problems that that Peter has got in trying to convince uh, people to go down his road is the idea of sharing your uh, your takings and as we spoke before about this the uh, european nations are not about to hand over 50% of their gates to you lot Sods and swines is what the reaction is down this part of the world. Chris, Chris Jones, Mail Online, as well as RugbyPass.com. How influential are the smaller nations, the smaller bloc? Because we have been reading that it was going to come down to that Fiji vote. Is it, is it, is it really like that important that one country can decide this? It would be. If, if there was a fracture in the European 20 votes, then, it, then those other votes that Peter has been garnering really well would add up and it could have come down to of all things of all countries in the current uh, situation down to fiji as being one of the key single votes that could have gone his way i don't think it will come down to that but it is going to be really close and you know the arguments he makes for for greater access for the pacific island nations to get money and to get fixtures is an argument that bill should be you know tub thumping himself uh, at the moment, we think there's around 1,000 Pacific Islander players either born in the islands or of heritage playing professional rugby in the world at the moment. And, you know, that is a staggering figure. They send all their money largely back to the islands. It's a massive GDP income for the islands. So give them a real voice on world rugby. And, yeah, pre- preferably not the voice of a bloke who's been inside for manslaughter. So, you know, 
you take two steps forward and one step back with the islands. And mm. at the moment, you really have to clear out some of the very dodgy people in charge of their unions. And this goes across, you know, Samoa and Tonga as well. They've all had their bad stories. And you've got to come, come in with a, with a seriously professional outlook and then warrant a place at the top table because the European nations will be protectionists for as long as they can. And it, it'll take somebody, maybe next time Pichu goes forward in another four years' time, to actually break through. And it might take as long as that. Because, you know, the shenanigans we've seen, and you lot have been involved in it as well, 2011, suddenly Argentina throw their, their weight behind you guys at the World Cup, you win it, and blow me, they're in the Rugby Championship. Yes, so okay, deals yes, have been yes, done. Yes. Deals have been done for many, many years. Uh, but at the moment, we don't need individual deals. We need a global deal. And that was Peter's big selling point, and it's something Bill's going to have to pick up on big time. Finally, Chris, uh, news on when your rugby might start again, and this is good news, isn't it? We're actually looking like a, perhaps a July date. Absolutely, yeah. The, the experts say that if the players start assembling, and I understand the sale, for example, of bringing their South African players back uh, by the middle of May, that they'll assemble at the end of May. They'll do four weeks of training, graduated training, to be ready to play at the end of June. And then we expect a whole series of matches to be staged, probably initially at Twickenham and the Rico Arena in Coventry because they have hotels attached to the ground. So therefore, you can have a controlled environment for the players staying and playing on Saturday and the Sunday. And there will also be ludicrously midweek matches. So if you're a professional rugby player and you just come off a standing start, what's wrong playing Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday? Because that's the idea. Hang on, they're, what, they're not going to play three games in eight days, mate. You can't physically do that. That's the idea, because to get all nine rounds in, in the time they've got before the scheduled final, which they want to do this, the Premiership final in the middle of August, they're going to have to put some midweek fixtures in. And uh, that's going to cause serious problems. You know, we quite rightly, player welfare has to be at the very top of all these discussions. But we all know it's more about what BT Sport, CBC, uh, the equity people want. There are forces outside the actual playing of the game who will have a major say in what goes on in the next two or three months up here. Devlin. Thank you, Chris, and thank you, TJ. So, if you've just joined us, we've been talking about this election going overnight, and this is between Bill Beaumont and Augustin Pichot as to who's going to run world rugby.